Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 162 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm just one of your hosts, and uh, always a great pleasure to introduce you to each and every episode every single week. And this week is no different. We've got Chris joining us in just a second to talk all things uh, maritime history. In fact, this week we're uh, answering a listener question. Um, we also uh, got uh, a little bit of cruise news to get through, and I think Chris is probably, I've got a sneaky suspicion, he's got a uh, fact or fiction up his sleeve this week as well. So uh, we'll be talking to him in just a second. Uh, apologies um, once again. If you're experiencing any differences to the podcast, we're basically, in a nutshell, moving to a new podcast host. That basically means it's where the audio is stored, up in the, the big cloud somewhere, and um, and we've had, a, we've had quite a few uh, difficulties in the move, as it were. Um, so, yeah, if things are sounding a little bit different, apologies. But uh, we hope we uh, will be back to normal, I'm hoping, this next week. But uh, who knows? Technology seems to have a lot of surprises in store for us. So uh, thank you for your patience if you have noticed uh, things are a little different. Uh, but I think we uh, probably need to get Chris on the line. We need to start talking all things cruise and get into yet another great episode of All Things Cruise. Enjoy the show. And of course, it is always the best part of the show when we welcome back our good friend and maritime historian, Chris Frame. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? Hey, Baz. Good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, and quick message to the listeners, if there is a difference in audio, we're recording in a different style this week. We're recording at a different time of the week. Um, just trying a few different options to, to try and get the podcast out as quickly as we can over over the weekend period. But uh, always good to chat, mate. Absolutely. How, how are you going with technology today, Barry? Uh, better than I was last week. Uh, <laughs> as, as the listeners may or may not have noticed, we have migrated the podcast to a new host. And it's uh, not been as easy as it was promised. Um, <laughs> and I'm still jumping through a few hoops. So uh, from what I can tell, the podcast is visible and it's active and it's fine. Um, but if uh, if you 
are listening to this and thinking something's not quite right, do let us know via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Click on join the show and you can send us a little message, a question, or uh, even a fact or fiction if, if you've got something that uh, may test us. That's a nice little segue there because I have got a fact or fiction for you, Baz, and it's got oh. to do with technology. <laughs> okay, we're going to start it off with a fact or fiction. Okay. Fact or fiction. Hit me with it. The first email sent from a passenger ship was sent in 1995 from the QE2. Fact or fiction? 95? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say fact. Well done. Congratulations. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, so it was 1995. The um, QE2 was the first ship to have an email address. Um, So it was uh, back in the day, it was QE2 at cunardline.com. Um, I believe was the address. <laughs> and it used to be quite different from um, what it is uh, like today, obviously, with technology and connect- connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, when, the, when the QE2 got its first email address, it was actually run um, through a, a computer in the uh, radio room on board the ship. And oh. for listeners who are um, maybe a bit younger, they might not realize that all the communications on passenger ships used to go through a radio room. Um, this, as of course, was sort of a, um, an evolution of the old radio operators' stations or huts on board the old ocean liners, like what you see in the film Titanic, where there used to be the Marconi wireless area. That um, special space on board the ship sort of evolved from the Marconi room through to a sort of global communications center. And in the radio rooms, you would find, um, you, well, 1995 on QE2, you'd find the, the computer, a desktop, um, I think it was a Windows machine <laughs> that would um, accept the, the emails from the satellite communication. But they also had a, um, a telegraph machine. They still had access to um, uh, Morse code all the way up until the 1970s, I think. They still used to run that um, as, a, as a backup system in case they needed it. Um, there was radio communications, obviously, um, you know, ultra high frequency and, um, and VHF uh, radios that could be used there. Um, and the messages that were sent from the ship to the shore were done through the radio room. Um, and this is, of course, in an era before easily accessible mobile phones on board ships. So um, they had satellite communication that would be directed through the radio room. And you could send an email to the ship. Um, and put the passenger's name and the passenger's cabin, and the email would get received, printed out, and put underneath the door um, <laughs> of the passenger for them to read as a printout. So very, very um, you know, forward thinking at the time. <laughs> of course, nowadays um, there's you know um, the ship doesn't just have one email address. The the yeah. crew email each other um, throughout the ship. Crew have access to to pages and and phones. Um, and mobile phone coverage is is pretty much universal. And the, the radio rooms have all but disappeared on the passenger ships, really, and it's all run out of the bridge now. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, so, um, you know, QE2 is a great example. By 1999, things had progressed far enough that the, the radio room, a special, special place built on the boat deck of the ship with its own um, entry and its um, big windows that faced out over the promenade deck, that, that space was no longer required because 
the, the technology had gotten smaller and it had been integrated into a refit um, with the bridge equipment up on, on the signal deck. Mm-hmm. So the radio room was actually gutted and converted into a suite and became ah. one, of, one of QE2's big suites towards the end of her career. So, um, you know, they still have radio um, communication, of course. Yeah. Um, they still have access to the, the UHF and the VHF and all that sort of thing. Um, but it's not done like, you know, you think about the logistics of it back in the day. You had to walk from the bridge to a specific room mm-hmm. where the, yeah. all the communications came into. Um, that takes up a lot of time. Of course, there was telephones it could link to. But, um, and, and some of the um, ships used to have the, you know, the tube messaging system where you put the message into oh, yeah. a little, little tube and it goes up with the um, high-pressure air. Yeah. They used to have that between the bridge and the, um, and the radio station as well. In fact, um, I believe even on Titanic, there was a system, system like that to bring messages from the purser's desk to the radio room. Um, wow. But now, of course, it's all in, in one spot and um, you can access it from multiple computers and it's much more uh, streamlined. There you go. Good fact or fiction and even better maritime history, mate. Yeah, so there we go. We were talking off air about that. I was a bit maritime history light, but it turned out to be a, <laughs> a bit of a... <laughs> A bit of a little walk down memory lane there, and uh, I don't know if any listeners remember that, but if you if you do recall sending an email to a passenger on a ship where you would um, you know write it to the ship and then it would get printed out and stuck under the door, you know write in, let us know what uh, what your memories are. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of writing in, Chris, we have had a message from a listener, Kerry in the UK, uh, sent a message via the website. Uh, hi, Chris and Baz. I uh, can't wait to hear all about uh, Queen Anne. We have just booked for Atlantic Coast and Iberia, which is Voyage H529, in November of 2025. This will be our 25th wedding anniversary celebration, so very, very special. My husband works for Carnival UK, so we are very lucky to benefit from his staff discount. We've gone all in and booked a P1 Princess Suite. Well mm. done. Uh, we've also got a Queen Mary Norway cruise book for 2024. Um, got to make the most of his perks. I uh, would love to catch one of Chris's lectures on board sometime. Is there a published list anywhere of what cruises you lecture on, Chris? Love the show. Thank you. That, that's actually a really good idea. I should put a list together. Ooh, <laughs> I haven't actually yeah. done that, no. Um, but, uh, you know, as as uh, as the summer season in Australia um, and, and the Southern Hemisphere particularly kicks off, there's more and more um, gigs for me coming up. And... Uh, as we mentioned last week, I think uh, very, very excited about the, the big the big one in uh, 2024, of course, which will be the Queen Anne's Maiden Voyage. Mm, absolutely. Very exciting indeed. But yeah, we should, uh, we should put a little list together and uh, let people know where they can uh, see you, even not just uh, necessarily on the ships, but if obviously you do uh, stuff regionally here in, in Australia at uh, museums and uh, other venues. So yeah, let's, let's yeah. get that happening. Sounds good. Thank you. Great idea. Now, mate, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back with the latest news from around the world. Sounds great. Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. Okay, Chris, we've got a double uh, edition of news for Princess. First of all, we've got a royal first for New Zealand as Princess Cruises' royal princess makes her maiden call. Yes, she's just uh, made her maiden call into Auckland. Um, and, of course... Uh, the, the city is known as the City of Sales because of all mm. the yachts that are in the area. So it's always a spectacular arrival coming into Auckland. Um, generally, when a ship's making its maiden call or a, or a return call, you'll have lots and lots of people out um, on the harbour with their yachts to welcome the ship in, Baz. Absolutely. Um, and this uh, tied in with a couple of announcements. First of all, 
that uh, some stats around what Princess will uh, bring uh, to New Zealand over the summer period. Um, and they estimate it to be about 100,000 visitors or about $150 million in economic value. Yeah. And they also worked out that of the 186 calls to New Zealand, if they were to tally up all of the passengers and Princess be a source country of uh, incoming travelers, uh, Princess would actually be the fourth largest source of international visitors to New Zealand huh. over the 12-month period. Wow. And I, I imagine a lot of those travelers are doing the cruises out of the Australian ports over to New Zealand as well, because I know they're mm. very popular. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting that $150 million figure as well, because this, just this last week, I've been speaking with some of the local uh, TV and radio stations about the impact of cruising on the economy. Mm. And people are surprised with these big numbers that are thrown around. But then you have to think about it, because it's not just the passengers that are spending in the ports um, when the ship comes in, of course, but it's the economic benefit that the cruise ship brings in general. So everything from food provisioning to bringing alcohol on board to supporting shore tours into the region to yep. the tugboat fees to fuel costs to cleaning to all that sort of stuff in relation to the activity around the port, it all adds up and it trickles down so far into the economy um, from you know people who are hundreds of kilometers away uh, in farms all the way through to those who are benefiting from operating an Uber to the airport. So mm. it really does have quite a big impact. Yeah, and it's, it's good news. I know Clear shared some uh, stats which probably prompted some of those news stories and the, the news stations yes. reaching out to you. Yep, absolutely. Um, around the arrival of Royal Princess into New Zealand and later into Sydney, Princess also made uh, a big announcement that uh, Discovery Princess will be calling Sydney home for the 25-26 Australian summer season. Yeah, so she's uh, only been around since 2022. It's 145,000. Mm. Um, uh, she's got a gross tonnage of 145,000 um, and uh, is 330 metres long. So she's a, she's a big ship. Um, and again, just to see the biggest and newest ships, I suppose, in the Princess fleet being deployed to the Australian and New Zealand markets, um, just a massive uh, boost for the popularity of cruising in this region. Absolutely. And the full um, announcement of uh, or deployment will be announced on the 15th of November of uh, this year with uh, going on sale by the 29th of November uh, this year for the 25-26 Australian summer season, yeah. including, uh, of course, not just the Discovery Princess, but uh, we will also have uh, other Princess ships in the fleet, which will also be announced around that same time as well. Fantastic. And in November, um, I'll be traveling on board the Royal Princess as a guest of Princess Cruises to bring you the experience for the podcast. So look out for that one in, in November. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Good news. Um, more uh, great cruise news coming out of Viking this week, Chris. They've announced that in just short 23 ships will join the ship, sorry, join the fleet by 2030. 23 ships, Barry. That's yeah. like a whole new company, basically. Whole new, <laughs> <laughs> but they've currently got 92 in the fleet, and this is going to take them up to 115. So people might be scratching their heads if they don't know that Viking operates both ocean cruising but also river and expedition ships as well. So yeah. it's not yeah. uh, it's not 115 ocean cruise ships, but 115 ships. It brings Viking's fleet in terms of total ships up to the same sort of scale of the big ocean liner companies of the past. Mm, yeah. So there'll be 13 new river ships in place by the end of 2026, which will include two new ships uh, for Egypt, a uh, second one on the Mekong, and 10 new 10 new ocean ships by 2030. Who would have thought uh, well, 10 years them. ago that Viking would be uh, as, as big as it is today? 
It certainly is going from strength to strength by the sounds of things. Absolutely. Um, and they've also got some new itineraries that are uh, coming out uh, around the, the fleet expansion as well, with 261 sailings of Vikings Grand European Voyage in 2023 alone. Mm. 261 departures of one itinerary. That's incredible. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> Well done, Viking. And, uh, of course, uh, we will share more of that news as and when the ships are uh, announced, the names announced, and uh, then launched into the various different markets. Now, uh, bringing a little bit of fun to the podcast, Chris, Carnival have announced the return to service of Carnival Freedom, mm. who, of course, has been in dry dock uh, in uh, Europe. Yeah, there's been some great pictures uh, shared around just this last week of Carnival Freedom in dry dock. You've got mm. some, a nice view of her... Uh, out of the water there with the bulbous bow on display, but also they've applied the uh, the you know a new carnival um, livery to the ship. She's got the blue hull and um, the winged funnels back. Well, of course, whale tail. I mean, she, she's she's always uh, carried the the winged funnel. It's such an iconic part of the uh, of the of the ship, but she's now got a, a new one. In fact, yep. a beautiful new funnel that's uh, been added to the ship. I wonder why they added a new one onto the onto the vessel. Um, she was a ship that had the fire, I believe, that uh, not ah, too long ago. Of course, ago. Yes. yes, yes. So she's um, been given her re- refurbishment, hasn't she? Yes, yes. So she's had dry dock of public areas, but also had the the funnel replaced, which is uh, you know it's an important part of the identity when it comes to carnival. Yeah, well, don't tell anybody. Don't anyone tell uh, Luminosa that. We just <laughs> we just keep that one quiet, shall we? So <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, she is currently on a transatlantic voyage uh, back to Port Canaveral, which will be a home port. Um, but of some of the uh, additional things that have been put on board, they've got the Heroes Tribute Bar, mm. um, which is quite popular on other ships within the fleet. Um, they've also added some Dream Studios, where you can make keepsakes for your uh, memory. Yeah. Of, the, of the crews on board. Um, they've also expanded the casino area um, to allow for better accessibility with uh, people with mobility issues mm. um, and lots of other little bits around the ship. But yeah, she's the ship, the photos uh, that I've seen, as you say, have done, uh, done really well. She's looking great. And uh, she'll be uh, heading back across, as we speak, across the, uh, the Atlantic and uh, making her way home. You've sailed with Carnival before, haven't you? I have, yes, yes. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, the Vista. Um, oh, now you're testing me. <laughs> a while ago. It was. Uh, Vista. Did you oh, do God. Spirit? I had, yeah, so I've Which done was... Spirit, I've done Splendor, I've done Vista and one other. Um, there you go. Yeah, the, uh, the Vista and that class of ship, they've got the great... Uh, Harbour staterooms for families. Ah, uh, yes. You can take up to five kids and you get the private lounge space with board games and little uh, treats for the kids throughout the, the day as well. So that's a nice little touch on that particular class of ship. That's nice. Now, I've never travelled with Carnival myself, so it's always nice to hear what the experience is like. Yeah, no, we uh, need to put that out into the universe, maybe, and get that changed. Well, I have travelled with their tre- chief rival, Royal Caribbean, and that was very cool. I mean, oh, awesome. you know, it's it's interesting. There's just so many different kinds of cruise experiences from yep. the, to enjoy that. Uh, I often get people asking me when I because I'm so sort of well known for the Cunard work that I've done, um, how I find it on other cruise lines. But I, I really enjoy all the different types of cruise lines. It's uh, yeah. such a diverse um, set of experiences that there's no there's no one right cruise line. I don't think. I think there's just nah. lots of different awesome experiences that you can get on ships. 
you just got to go with an open mind and not uh, compare every minor detail because everything yeah, yeah. is a little bit different. Yeah, no. for sure, for sure. Now, next up, mate, we've got some news from Silver Sea. Uh, they've announced that uh, they've got over 150 new voyages on pre-sale mm-hmm. for winter 25-26. Yeah, so departures between September 25 and April 26. Uh, gosh, 2026, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're really sort of uh, noting that it's um, strengthening their destination uh, activities with these ultra-luxurious ships, um, bringing in cruises to some pretty interesting regions, Baz. Yeah, so uh, one of these first itineraries is a cracker, actually. They've mm. got two new grand voyages of Australia and the South Pacific. This first one um, sees guests embark in 20 November. Uh, 2025? Oh, sorry, no, 20th of August, sailing through to November ah, of 2025, yes. uh, departing from Fremantle, from our doorstep, all the way through to Valparaiso, uh, taking in 11 countries. It's a 75-day voyage, yeah, um, which fantastic. will be incredible. Um, then they've also got the Grand Australia voyage, which is in October yeah. to November 25, Melbourne round trip. Uh, we've also got 17 different voyages in Australia alone, 38 expeditions to Antarctica aboard three <laughs> different ships, uh, an increased presence in the Caribbean, Central America, with 43 sailings aboard four ships and two new turnaround ports to uh, to name just a few. But there's a lot of information in that press release. Mm, absolutely, and includes 25 uh, trips on the Silver Origin to the Galapagos. Um, there's also seven voyages to South America, including some scenic cruises with that include both South America and Antarctica on board mm-hmm. Silver Whisper. They've got six voyages from the Indian Ocean and Africa, um, as well as a, a safari opportunity in South Africa, and uh, five sailings across 14 different ports in Asia aboard Silver Nova and Silver Moon. So mm. very extensive. Well done, Silver Sea. Well done. And also, uh, well done to MSC, because uh, they've just announced this week that they've received European Green Certification from uh, Green Marine. Absolutely. And, it, you know, when we've been reviewing the um, the output of the different cruise lines in relation to their green credentials, MSC certainly seems to be taking it very seriously, don't they? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's not just MSC Cruises. It also, of course, includes Explorer Journeys, which is their new luxury uh, small ship fleet. And yeah. as we've touched on, they're also doing work behind the scenes to uh, improve their, their footprint in the, the cargo uh, marine industry as well. Yes, yeah, so well, that's such a huge part of it. You know, uh, I think it's very important for cruise lines to show leadership in this area. However, we must also remember that there's 300 cruise ships and something like 25,000 ships. Um, so, you know, as consumers, we should definitely be putting pressure on the companies we buy things from to be sourcing uh, transportation from uh, more sustainable sources. Absolutely. They've also noted, Baz, that the, uh, their flagship, the Irubia, um, in June of this year achieved the world's first net zero greenhouse gas emissions on a cruise ship during um, their voyage from France to Denmark. so Yeah, we covered we, that. We did news, cover yeah. that at the time. Um, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that's uh, set them a nice standard for them to bring the rest of the fleet up to. Yeah, definitely. They're certainly trying, that's uh, that's for sure. And last, mate, we've got some uh, River Cruise news, this time from our friends at AROSA. They've announced that they're going to be expanding their themed breaks for 2024. This is a whole series of short cruises um, on the Rhine and the Danube between March and November of 2024. Yeah, so they've got some interesting themes here. They've got one called Dance, they've got one called Jazz and Swing, one called Beauty and Spa. 
yoga and nutrition, meditation, photography, and of course, create and illustrate, which sounds like a very interesting um, uh, activity here that they've got, including <laughs> having an expert illustrator on board the ship. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So if uh, people are interested in uh, the dance that uh, takes place in March and November, Jazz and Swing uh, takes place, excuse me, um, in November 2024, I think it is. It does, yes. Yes, on two different ships, on two different dates. We've got Beauty mm. and Spa also in uh, November, and then Yoga and Nutrition taking place in March. Uh, meditation taking place in November. We then have uh, Photography in October and November, multiple departures of that one, and Create and Illustrate in two departure dates on the Rhine in November as well. So mm. nice way to attract people to a river cruise in the kind of off-season, I guess. Absolutely. How exciting. Yeah. Lots of different we- river cruise off- offerings um, going out at the moment, hey? Oh, totally, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, like you say, with the uh, ocean cruising you know there's so many ships and so many different styles of cruise exactly the same for river cruising you can keep it casual and uh, informal and have you know next to nothing included or you can go all the way through to ultra luxury and have every whim catered for and uh, yeah it's, it really depends what your budget what your style is you might want to be more active you might want to have less inclusions it's, it's really about uh, finding the right product for yourself again yeah it's so it's so interesting actually because um, I, I do catch up with people who travel quite exclusively on on certain cruise lines and i was telling them about uh experiences on on different ships that i've tried over the last 12 months and i remember the shock on their faces when i said um how cool the the water slides on pacific explorer had been <laughs> kind of like you 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 travel sort of um, uh, cunard and uh and P&O uk you actually like the water slides and i was like well i, I don't want to do the water slide in my tuxedo but <laughs> they are very very fun you know so y- you can definitely um experience lots of different things at sea there's so many different offerings just because you you have a you know an appreciation for one particular style um of, of cruising doesn't mean that there won't be uh, elements of other cruise lines so i think when we do these these podcasts and we talk about all the different exciting things that are happening. It's a real great opportunity to look and go, you know, you might have your favorites, but have you tried something different? And if you haven't, mm. might just be a new favorite for a particularly different reason. Yeah. In fact, I was just talking to somebody just this last week who uh, tried Virgin Voyages for the first time, and I wouldn't have picked that person as being a typical demographic for Virgin. And um, they came back absolutely raving about it. And in mm. fact, said they would probably not travel with anybody else other than Virgin Voyages moving forward. They've completely changed their opinion of, of cruising. And, you know, they very much now align themselves with what Virgin are doing and are doing moving forward. Yeah. But then that being said, like Virgin is one, one that's making some significant changes to the market, but they're just yep. one of many, many, many cruise lines. And unless you've actually tried them all, how would you know yeah. that, you know, <laughs> you never want to try something different? So uh, one of the other ones that's really exciting, I think that I'm very much looking forward to is uh, in December with Celebrity Edge being in Australia. Yeah. And no. I've been told by by people who who enjoy the same style of cruising that I do that the Celebrity Edge experience is going to, I think the quote was, challenge your perceptions of what a cruise is all about, something like ah. that. Um, so I'm interested to see what that looks like because, yep. um, you know, it, she looks like an amazing ship. Celebrity is very well um, thought of. It'll be my first time traveling with Celebrity, be for my first time on Celebrity Edge. So um, very much uh, looking forward to seeing kind of what uh, 
our perceptions are broken with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, the rooftop garden certainly looks impressive uh, on edge. In fact, yeah. uh, a lot of the public areas look very, very appealing. But, you know, we've been talking over the last little while, last 12 months, almost 12 months ago now, I was completely blown away by Norwegian Spirit and what they were doing there with Norwegian. Your review of Norwegian last week sounds absolutely remarkable. Very mm-hmm. different from what people might have said about Norwegian just 10 years ago, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of evolution happening throughout the market. And I think, uh, you know, just your comments that resonated from last week's review about how they've taken lessons from some of their more luxurious sister brands and brought it into the new platform. I think that sort of thing is happening across uh, across the industry. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Now, mate, um, of course, you've always got new videos uh, on the horizon. Have you got anything due for release uh, over the next week? Well, in the, the day since we uh, spoke last, the Queen Anne Part 1 tour has come up, gone up, rather. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it was great. Yeah, and that's another one, right, that I'm just so excited about because obviously Cunard, massive fan, and um, <laughs> and the fact that Queen Anne is a little bit of a different take on what um, you know on what Cunard has done in the past is definitely um, going back to the sort of style that Cunard used to be known for of reinterpreting the historic elements in a, in a slightly different way. So Queen Anne is going to be just remarkable, I think, and just Brilliant. seeing the ship as it's under construction was such a treat. Yep. But um, I've actually been doing some shorts on the YouTube channel this last week, um, just short sort of 30-second to, to one-minute um, fact videos. Yep. So one about um, the QE2's Rogue Wave encounter, one about the Rogue Wave that almost sunk the RMS Queen Mary, which is a bit of a scary story, um, a short video about the um, the, the – protocol of what happens if someone passes away on a cruise ship and one that's just about to go up um today actually about a nuclear powered cruise ship which listeners will already know about but people on youtube might not so yeah yeah which is funny that we were talking about the green credentials because in terms of carbon emissions, there's actually already a solution, but of course, nuclear power brings with it a whole heap of other concerns. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't think we'll be going down that path anytime soon, but it is interesting to see that they did give it a try back in the 1960s. Yeah, no, we did speak about that on the, well, not too long ago. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, find it in the back, back catalogue. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, mate. Well, that's about it for this week, I think. Um, we'll be catching up uh, next week. And as a quick reminder to uh, to the listeners, if you've got a question, um, then do send it in via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Um, and a little shout and thank you to Gary, actually. Gary S. in, Sta- uh, sorry, Gary S. in Sydney, the uh, unofficial photographer of the Big Cruise Podcast, did also mm-hmm. send some, some great images of some of the first ships arriving into uh, – into sydney this past week so i'll be popping those up onto the socials as well thank you to gary for, for sending them through thanks gary between gary and in, in sydney and david across in the uk we've got some yeah great images <laughs> coming in but we need we need someone in south africa we need someone in, <laughs> singapore. in singapore we need somebody in the united states so if you are listening and you want to send some pictures across just do so on the uh, podcast website we'd love to see them <laughs> excellent mate well you enjoy the rest of the week and we'll catch up same time next week sounds good take care Buzz. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.